0: Welcome to the Power Kid Podcast, the premier and longest-running podcast focused on the modern toy and entertainment industry. Power Kid is an award-winning design and development firm, and we are a proud member of the Adventure Media and Events Podcast Network family. Adventure Media is the publisher of your favorite industry publications, including the Toy Book, the Toy Insider, and the Pop Insider. I am your host, Phil Albritton, and I bring you great conversations with talented people making amazing products for kids. Toys, books, games, TV, movies. I bring them to you here every episode. Welcome aboard. Hello, 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 Power Kids, and welcome to another Power Kid podcast. Guys, every week, it is my honor and privilege and joy to bring you these conversations with great people from all over the world making Great things for kids. Today's show is going to bring the magic. It's this cross section between magic and technology and how kids see our products and how we develop products with technology in a better way. My guest is Sydney Wiseman. Let me introduce you to her. Sydney is the VP of brand development and creative strategy at Wowie from Fingerlings to Lucky Fortune to Got to Glow. Fairy Finder, she has helped to build a massively successful portfolio of best-selling girls' toys, but not just girls' toys. Wowee integrates technology and robotics into all of their products to produce truly magical moments for kids. Sydney, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. (laughs)
0: It is an absolute pleasure to have you on this show. Uh, You came onto my radar uh, during the Fingerlings craze, and so I'm very interested to talk about that, but then some great new products that you guys have coming out here soon. But I always start in the beginning. Sydney, how did you come to be involved in the toy industry?
1: So I grew up around toys. My uncles started a toy company when around the time that I was born. And me and my cousins, are we all grew up together. We're incredibly close. We work together now. Um, My cousin, Michael, actually, who runs sales, he named Wowie. He used to, every toy commercial that he would watch, he would say, Wowie, (laughs) Wowie. (laughs) (laughs) My uncles were like, okay, that's the name of the toy company. Um, So yeah, definitely grew up around our fair share of toys. My uncles were, at the beginning, they were playing in trading. So we had these Power Ranger gloves that when you moved your hands, it went like, and then when you hit your hands together, it went, go, go Power Rangers. (laughs) So really always testing out what they were playing with. And it was just, I guess, second nature to us. And we didn't even realize it. And as I got older, I studied business at McGill. And even while I was at McGill, all of my school projects were always related back to kids. Um, I think I'm really a kid at heart. I think in addition to my uncles playing and bringing us toys and having toys around all the time, my grandfather had an expression, you can't spoil a good thing. And therefore, I was a good thing. And that meant that I got to go to Toys R Us every Sunday. (laughs) And I got to pick a different toy every single Sunday from probably when I was four until honestly, like (laughs) as... I never saw playing <laughs> with toys. Um, so I had every single Barbie, Polly Pocket, you name it. Um, I was exposed to it. So I think that also probably contributed to my love for toys. And then, yeah, when I was at McGill, everything was always kid-related to the point that all my teachers would come to me saying, "I think you should work for a toy company," or "I think you should work in the children's space." And I, I wasn't sure. I was very passionate about it, but again. Always, always uh, interesting to join a family business, and I and by the end I was like, okay, I'm gonna bite the bullet. I love this. I really want to do this. I think Wowie was always more predominantly. I'm actually gonna. We'll start back in the day was boy toys versus girl toys. So I guess now I feel like it's like everything is for everyone. And but back in the day it was very more boy skewed. I guess the toys that they were developing, and I'm quite a girly girl, and I was very passionate about the girl side the toy industry, which they weren't playing in at all. So I asked my uncles if I could kind of start thinking about what a girl's world could mean to Wowie. And I started, yeah, kind of in a preschool more space. One of my first toys I worked on was something called Artsy, which was back, it was an iPad case that was interactive with the iPad a little bit too early in the time of ipads a really good toy but maybe the innovation was a little bit too early for what people were used to but that kind of set my tone for playing in younger more colorful <laughs> less robotic <type laughs> toys and then um definitely lots of trial and error to say the least and we had a few fun items, electro kids, a few things that we worked on that every item, whether it succeeded or failed, or I definitely learned something along the way for every single toy that I've touched. And then come 2017, I saw a visual of a monkey, a finger monkey, like a real monkey on Instagram. And I saw how much people were resonating with this image. And so I showed it to my uncles and my cousins. I was like, this is a toy, eh? And they were like, yeah, like I think it's a toy. So I right away went to my designer that I go do for everything. And I was like, how do we turn this into a toy? And yeah, that was the start of Fingerlings. And I guess um, 2017, we shipped our first few at this time of year, actually in 2017, we were just slowly trickling onto the shelves and we were selling out as soon as it hit the shelves. And after that, I mean, I think millions and millions of fingerlings later, we're now more of a, we, we have a huge girl's portfolio of toys and it's kind of paved the way for where we are
0: today with our new product development. That's right. You, you have such an interesting story and it, it's, uh, it's similar to mine in that we both in college focused on toys and it wasn't necessarily a part of the curriculum. It was just where our heads went in toys. I did the same thing. Marketing paper, I'd be looking at action figures. I have a degree in, uh, in media arts and filmography. And so I would shoot toy commercials uh, when everybody else was doing something different. So that's just where our heads go. I'm really interested in this aspect that you walked into a company that was sort of focused on technology as it relates to quote unquote boy product. But you saw another path forward for that, that technology can be just as powerful and just as magical in those traditional girl categories as they can for the boys. Tell us about that. Did that just come naturally? You just kind of had that vision naturally, or was that a progression of how you saw boys and girls' toys and and where Wowie was at the time?
1: So what's interesting about that question is, so Wowie had a toy called RoboSapien that was this $100 robot that was all the bells and whistles. It was an amazing toy. Again, one toy of the year in 2004, I believe. Um, And it was this big robot that was able to dance and move and you can make it walk. And it spoke and it did all of these amazing features. It had tons of motors. It was really, it was a work of art. Like it was an engineering masterpiece and they got completely validated for that. And that was what led Wowie into being more of a robotics company to start. And then That was really our core DNA. But what I remember thinking as a kid playing with RoboSapien was there were two moments of RoboSapien that stood out for me. When you were able to bowl with him, He, he literally could bowl a ball and knock down pins. It was wild. And also he would dance and he would do these really fun, cute dances. And as I got older and into this toy space and as we started looking at, I guess, more girl skewed toys... Back in the day, boys' toys and robotics were less price sensitive, but in the girls' category, for some reason, there is more of a pricing constraint that I think actually is now probably across all of toys more than ever. But when I first started and looking at girls, it's how do you create something that is affordable as an everyday purchase versus the big item under the Christmas tree because girls and toys, it becomes social currency. They take it to school with them and then their friends see it. And that's ultimately the best marketing that you could have um, is by a little girl bringing her toy to school with her, a little kid bringing their toy to school with them and showing their friends. And so looking at Wowie's suite of technology and what we're capable of doing, I think one of the things that I've gotten quite good at is looking at what is the magic moment of the toy that I want to deliver? What is a kid? What's going to resonate with a kid? What are they going to want to talk about and show their friends? And then how do I figure out a clever way of doing that using not such fancy technology, but making it seem fancier (laughs) and more magical in the toy? So a really, really good example of that. And I obviously won't give all my secrets on this call, but but fingers (laughs) fingerlings, if you ask parents and kids now what their favorite feature of a fingerling was, when you blow in his face, it gives you kisses back. Everyone will say that. That was the most magical moment. It was like, wow, my toy kisses me back. And the truth is, it was just a very clever use of a microphone and knowing when it was a really small sound that's like a blow versus a really loud sound. And so just by being clever about those two different uses of a very basic technology that everyone has access to, we were really able to deliver this magic moment of you blow a kiss and he kisses you back. But if I clap my hands, he dances and he sings. And that unto itself was, wow, okay, this thing is alive and magic on my finger. And it it was just a clever use of, a sensor that
0: <laughs> and that is the, that is the core of magic. And I think I've mentioned on the show before um, we were in Las Vegas several years ago and David Copperfield made me disappear. It was one of the most outstanding moments of, of my life. David Copperfield is a phenomenal magician. That I grew up watching. He made me disappear and I've, I've been sworn to secrecy, literally sworn to secrecy. I can't say how he did it, but let me just say this. The core of magic is that simple sleight of hand, that simple use of technology, that simple use of a mechanism that when, when p- positioned in the right way, gives the audience a real moment of magic. And the way that he did that was simple, but the result and the performance around that was astounding. And people came out of the theater. How did he do that? Can you tell me how he did that? They were absolutely mind boggled. And I think that's where we want to go in toys. We want to give those magical experiences. And you've mentioned a couple of them here, bowling and dancing and giggles and blowing kisses back. Um, and so there is this, uh, this balance between finding that right magical moment and then finding the technology that will go along with that and produce that magical moment when you're working with kids on your products early on are you looking for that magical moment uh, what do you see in a kid's face that you know i found i found the magical moment that we want to to capture um, what is that experience like
1: so i think that's a it's kind of a 2 pronged question i think i'm blessed with the fact that I'm very young at heart. And as a kid, I can I think I could put myself into the shoes of how, how what I would have wanted or what would have been my magic moment. Um, so I think it always starts with a certain few ideas of what we think will be the magic moment. I think a lot of that comes from even before showing a kid really funny and it sounds really silly, but I'll go to movie theaters. Well, back back when we were able to go to movie theaters,
0: <laughs> I, would go, I,
1: <laughs> I would go see children. I mean, I love them, but animated movies and just listen to where kids laugh or where they react. Like, And you can learn a lot from what, like Olaf in Frozen, every time he gets hurt, the kids laugh. There's something yeah. about slapstick yep. comedy with Olaf that is resonating with kids. And so those types of things of Silly, Or when things pop out and they go, you know, like all of those types of reactions, you can learn a lot from what resonates with kids. And then it's how do you take that and bring it back to a toy? And I think in general, back to this magic conversation and and the toys that we build, we're effectively just an extra entertainment vertical being on the shelf. It's like kids can watch movies in the movie theater, or they can watch movies at home, or they'll watch YouTube videos, or they'll play Roblox, or they go to the shelf and they purchase something. And it's effectively, it's entertainment, right? Like that is even magic. Like the the whole, it's the world of entertainment and the world of being wowed and feeling a motive towards something that you're watching. So I think when we go back to toys, it always starts with how am I going to get a reaction? So In the case of we have a new toy coming out this year called My Squishy Little Dumplings, and based on even seeing what we saw with Olaf, and there were a million things that I saw that it was like, okay, the element of surprise and popping out is really fun. So what if you didn't know what character you were going to get until you squeeze his cheeks and then boom, his body pops out? Like, is that weird but fun enough for a kid that it becomes sticky and it's something they want to show their friends and so that's where it will start it will start with that idea that will then turn into a dumpling character that I will then hand to kids and or pop it if i would have filmed every buyer's reaction in meetings to when i first popped the body out it would have been a viral compilation of videos like <laughs> everyone's faces go like oh, what just happened you know and that's the magic moment and so as much as you'll see, I hear it in your hand right now playing with the toy. There's oh, yes. So yeah. Many- yeah just,
0: just listen to this voice. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? It's adorable. It's absolutely great.
1: It's actually my my mouth, the pop sound. The, I couldn't find a sound that I liked. <laughs> so I literally just recorded it. That's when every time he squeezes his cheeks, that pop sound is literally. And every kid with their mouths, when you try and, when they do the sound, they all try and do it with their mouths too. It's so funny. It's so cute to see how, what they, what they like about every single item. But back to that. So the, the squeezing of the cheeks and the body popping out, that was, that was the, the magic moment. And then it's like, what else do kids really like? So laughing and like the tickle me elmo kind of laughter is contagious. So we made it so that when you hold down on his cheeks, cause he's squishy. He laughs continuously. And that's another feature that is that kids love to play with. Or he's a ball. What is a kid instinctively going to do? They're going to toss it. So we better make sure that when you throw this, there's a response to him being thrown. You know, so all of those elements, it starts with what is the magic moment? What's the movie that I'm creating my, in my hand? Who is this character? And then ancillary, what else could we add to beef this up to make sure that every touch point that a kid is going to do with it is going to exist in the toy?
0: Well, and that TPR skin—not technology, but it is tactile, right? You just love to squish it, and my word, it's just—it's just, it's just great—and uh, and integrated into the whole experience uh, of the product. And, and this, so uh, listeners, listen to this. She's just laid out developing this magical moment for this product, so valuable, Sydney. Uh, there's a quote by Arthur C. Clark, and it reads this: "Any sufficiently advanced technology." is indistinguishable from magic. And that's what we're talking about is finding that balance of that magical moment versus the cost of the technology to deliver that great experience. And then to do it in a form that is on trend, that is cute. And I want to talk to you about that in particular as well. Making sure that your product not just delivers that great magical experience, but also is cute. You want to have it sitting on your shelf. You think it's adorable as you walk past it in the aisle. Is there something that happens when you're developing the aesthetics of your product that you can share that that really guides your hand when you're developing the look of your product?
1: Aesthetic is, it's a great, great point. I think it's really specific. It's so funny. We were just looking at fingerlings, even just from a look at how different the look of a fingerling is to a dumpling. And I feel the squishy little dumplings are probably more traditionally cute like how one would define cute, but there was something about fingerlings that was so unique that it also felt cute. So I I think it really really varies. I think I start with feature as what is going to make the toy sticky and what the movie is more so than 100% what the character is going to look like to start. And then it always comes from a a balance of, okay, well, I know if I'm going to squeeze his cheeks and his body is going to pop out, his body has to be really like round and fun and cute when it pops out for the reveal. And then, okay, we have this little body that has to fit in his head and then his head has to be big and round. And then you have a big round head. He's a dumpling. He needs really big eyes. And then my favorite part of the toy actually, which is so small that his cheeks blush, we put, Two little lights in his
0: Uh, (laughs)
1: under his eyes, and he is literally blushing cheeks because why wouldn't a dumpling blush, you know? Um, So, all of these, it's really, I don't think there's any one trick to one toy to get it right. I think certain things tend to work better to make something cute. Big eyes, big head, small body, those are quite common uses of like what would be considered cute to a kid. But then again, you have something like a fingerling where it was like little small black beady eyes and it was still quite cute for everyone. So it's just a matter of finding the right balance of look for the toy that you're developing.
0: And sometimes the form has to follow the function. You're exactly right. And, you know, this tiny little body has to fit inside this uh, this head. And so the the size is is almost there and ripe for the picking that this is the way it has to be to function like this. The other product that I've got on my shelf here is the got to glow Fairy Finder. And when you talk about delivering magical moments, is there anything more magical than discovering an invisible magical fairy in your room and then being able to interact with it uh, after the fact, share it with your friends? This is an amazing product. And I want you to talk about the development of this and the idea behind it, some of the challenges maybe that you had to overcome to put this product on the shelf?
1: So Gotta Glow Fairy Finder is probably, I mean, I say this about every toy every year, but this is probably one of my favorite toys I've ever worked on, truly. (laughs) I I actually think it may be the most magical toy we've delivered. Um, So basically, we have an amazing R&D team, amazing, like out of this world. And they showed me a jar with lights in it. And right away was, oh, there's fairies in this jar. (laughs) And how do we deliver that experience? And then a few elements that we found along the way. So lights in a jar are fairy, sure. But for a kid using her imagination, there has to be some payoff of who is the fairy that flew into my jar. But then back to the idea of magic I feel personally sometimes when you go with these colored screens and some of the character art, it almost takes away a bit from the magic of what's happening. So we were like, oh, let's use a silhouette instead of actually defining what these fairies look like. And then when it came to product development, I would say this was probably one of my most challenging toys to make ever. Uh, corona. I I probably would have spent most of my year last year in Hong Kong next to a programmer, going back and forth, making sure that we really nailed it. I have an amazing project manager, John, who worked on this. He's in he's in Montreal, and we were hand in hand every day. for For me, back to magic moment, it was so so important for me. The timing of you open the lid. You search for fairies. What are the sounds that are happening? What is the lights of the jar happening while you're roaming with this fairy jar? And then, oh, a fairy flew in. What's the sound when a fairy first flies in? I wanted a sound that would make a kid be like, I caught a fairy, you know? And That, I mean, I was probably quite annoying to work with on this project, but I was really, I was really like, until we got it right, we went through maybe a (laughs) hundred different sounds. It was never, it was never magical enough. It was like, okay, we're close. But, and then once we nailed that sound, then it was like, okay, I have this light show of lights flying through this jar. What's the sound effect of the, like the, you know, to like really communicate that a fairy is flying into your jar. So then we nailed that. And then the biggest part for me was when you close the lid, she has to appear right away on the screen. <laughs> like There has to be that, you she's flying in, you close the lid, oh, boom, you find out what fairy you got. And I think we ended up nailing it truly. Like I, I, we've had kids who, parents writing us now, it's been six weeks and their kids still catch a fairy every single night before bed. They go to bed, that's their bedtime rituals to go find a fairy. Uh, yeah, I think we really captured the magic, no pun intended.
0: And some fairies can only be found in the dark, some fairies can only be found when the jar is upside down, yeah, so just even more uh, magical moments and, and more interaction uh, that the child has with this no it's, it's a it's a phenomenal product, and guys, if you will listen to the end of the show, you will be able to hear the sound of a fairy being collected into the jar uh, It's just a great sound, wonderful sydney I, I want I want to talk about fingerlings a, a little bit more because I, I know we, we started the show talking about fingerlings. In 2017, Fingerlings was the second fastest selling toy in the world. And, and I want you to take us inside that whirlwind. You know, Target had to put signs on the shelves limiting the sale of Fingerlings to per customer. That is an experience in toys that we all want. That is an exciting time. Take us inside that and what you learned during those moments.
1: Yeah, it was uh, truly one of the, the highlights of my life to date actually <laughs> everyone always jokes and this is a complete joke because we have two really good items this year but that I peaked before I was 30 but um no so it was a really big learning experience for us I think um, we didn't anticipate the amount of demand that there would be it was the most rewarding thing Christmas morning of 2017 was Probably one of the best days of my life, just watching kids on Instagram, seeing them play with their monkeys, and the fact that just it was so seamless, and everyone loved it and figured it out right out of the box. It was really that's where we always hold our breath. It's like what happens Christmas morning? Great, we sold all of our toys, but when they start playing with it, like do they still love it? You know? Yes. And was that was what was like? Wow. Okay, we made something really cool here, and I think new to that whole world of how kind of girls and collectibles, I think what I learned was in terms of product roadmap and even where we're going with squishy little dumplings. And obviously I I can't speak too much to where we're taking the product, but definitely being playful about different categories within the squishy littles brand that we are already thinking about so that we make sure that we are ready with a whole new slew of toys and even the next best element and fun movie moment we're a toy company, but we produce toys just like producers produce shows and movies and games. And we want to make sure that every single item that we have coming out has content around it. Um, We're going to announce something really exciting in the next two weeks with dumplings from a content standpoint. Uh, And where we're taking our line for 2022, one is very, kind of content driven we learned so much about marketing and about how to create buzz and generate this wow what is this toy and everyone talking about it at the same time and we've used that a lot of our marketing tactics for a lot of launches that we have done since then and yeah overall it was really one of the best experiences of my life
0: yeah. You've, you've mentioned the Instagram post that you were watching on Christmas. I'm wondering, are there social media posts uh, that you that really stand out to you? That kids showing off their product. I mean, magical moments are shareable. And that's what makes your products so great is that not only can the child have them and, and have that moment unto themselves, but in this day and age, they can go share them with all of their friends and all the people that follow them on social media. And so, fairy finder, little dumplings. It's just, there's so many shareable moments. Are there any that stand out to you as really, I guess, indication that, wow, we really did it. This child really got all that they could get from the product. They understood the product and they showed it in a really magical way.
1: Uh, There's two that, well, one actually interesting, it's before even she opened the product. There's a video of a little girl in a Target store, crying hysterically because she found fingerlings before August 11th. So August 11th was our Fingerlings Friday. <laughs> and all of our TV commercials were Fingerlings Friday, August 11th, get ready. They're coming. And I guess Target had said a little bit early than August 11th. And she isn't, her dad is filming her. She's bawling. She's like, dad, I found a fingerling and it's not August 11th. And she's hugging <laughs> this package. And it was just, it was the wildest thing I've ever seen it was I was like, whoa, this is so cool. That was one for sure. Um Christmas morning, there was there's these two little sisters just freaking over the fact that their mom found them a unicorn. We had a fingerling unicorn that was at one point selling for fifteen hundred dollars on eBay. Oh
0: yes, yes so indeed. Out.
1: Gigi. And um they received it on Christmas morning, both of them, and they were just crying hysterically that they received this toy. It was <laughs> And then my, one of my favorites, it's not kid, but Jennifer Love Hewitt, <laughs> actually been one of my favorite celebrities when I was younger. I was really, I loved her. And she commented on one of our posts being like, where do I buy these? So we sent her some. And since then, she's been a really big wowie fingerling supporter. And she's just, yeah, it, she just, she loves fingerlings and she shares them all the time. And she plays with them personally and her kids love them. So that was really a, a high for me for sure. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Well, and more to come. My squishy little dumpling, again, more of those magical moments. Got to glow yeah. fairy finder. We are going to see a lot of these on Instagram, on YouTube.
1: Well, TikTok, speaking of and which. Of course. Yeah. yeah TikTok. Fairies, so we put up a few fairy Gotta Glow Fairy Finder videos on TikTok that already have half a million views. It's, there's something very visual about it for a TikTok audience that really resonates. Most kids who have already found it at stores, it's flying to shelves right now, like slowly. One one child put up a TikTok video, it has 40,000 views already on her video. There's something about the lights and the fairy finding that is really TikTokable. And we're seeing that directly translate to pre-order sales, which is so interesting and really exciting for us.
0: Oh, so good to hear. So good to hear. Sydney, thank you for coming on and sharing some time with us. You have just, uh, said some extremely valuable things. I know the listeners have just loved hearing from you. How can people reach out, uh, get involved with Wowie, find product and learn more?
1: We are on all social media platforms. There is a, while Instagram account, we have a got to glow fairies, instagram account as well as my squishy littles instagram account Um, we're all very active me personally as well on a lot of the tiktok channels so if you guys do want to add us um on any of those accounts we're always willing to meet new people talk to people if anyone wants to be involved in any of our launches and testing products always arms open to everyone who wants to participate so yeah that could be really fun and yeah
0: looking forward to hearing from everyone great magic great technology just a great company sydney thank you for coming on this has been a lot of fun
1: thank you so much i really appreciate it It was
0: so fun we'll talk to you soon thank you for tuning in to the power kid podcast if you like what you hear subscribe so that you never miss an episode and leave a good review on itunes this helps us find more great listeners just like you Remember also to check out the other shows that are a part of the Adventure Media and Events Podcast Network family. This show is brought to you by the Power Kid Design and Development Team. We are a full-service design and development studio serving the toy and game industry for over 20 years. Our partners, large and small, rely on us for invention, concept development, packaging, branding, prototyping, and much more. You can find me on my LinkedIn page. Check out the website at powerkiddesign.com or email me directly, phil at powerkiddesign.com. I am always happy to connect and help you develop your next great product. It's been an honor to spend this time with you today. Now go out and make something great, and remember, you are creative because you were created. God bless, and I'll see you next episode. Got to glow
1: fairies, catch the magic glow. Find tons of different fairies with the Got to Glow Fairy Finder. When I close the lid, they're mine to care for. Find fairies everywhere. (laughs) I caught an upside down fairy, and a candy fairy. My friends and I love to trade, because there's over 30 unique fairies in each jar. There's even fairies that can only be found in the dark. The
0: more you play, the more virtual fairies you'll find. Hello, hello, each sold separately. Will you find them all?